Don't frazzle my sh- It's the Woodworking Morning Show. Good news, everybody. I like that new tradition. I think I like that. Good news, everyone. John is slick as a baby's bottom. (laughs) Shaving with his chisels. Well, uh, happy Friday, everybody. It's been a little while. Um, In case you forgot, I'm Mark. And I'm Nicole. And this is our Wood Whisperer live show that we do on a now every other week basis. Mm -hmm. Gives us time to recuperate. And boy, do we need it this week. Yeah. School starting. Yep. New puppy. Things are going uh, cuckoo around here. Puppies (laughs) uh, squirting water out of her butt. It's a whole thing. We can talk about that on the after show. We don't need to talk about it Look forward to that in the after show, guys. <laughs> We're talking about woodworking <clears throat> on this yeah. show. And of course, uh, one of the ways that we do this show is with your support. Folks who helped us out on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash woodwhisperer. As well as here on YouTube. There's a little button there for join or members or something. Join. Uh, join, I think it says. Um, and we want to thank folks who helped us out this past two weeks. Uh, Robert Stewart, Keith Chamberlain, Matthew Cleveland, Justin Nurse, Merlin Horton... Uh, Padraic Mulligan, Valerie Richards, Adam Hill, John Hankins, PB, and Chris Benito. Just a name? Ben- did Benito. Get, did you read just a name? Just a nurse. Oh, I thought, I need glasses. Yes. Oh my God, I need glasses. <laughs> just a... Uh, I was like, just a name. <laughs> let me read the fine text, Nicole. I'll take care of it. I can't see. Um, but hey, thanks for everybody uh, to coming yes. and watching live. We always appreciate it. You don't have to help us financially just being here, hanging out with us, asking questions in the chat, which Nicole will be grabbing questions. And I have some pre-selected questions, which I will use to keep the show going while Nicole's sitting yep. here thinking. Uh, we do have a couple quick announcements. First of all, we have a sale going on in the guild. Oh, we do have a sale going on. It's actually kind of a huge sale. Yeah, it's a big deal. Uh, let's see. 40% off... A single project. There's only a few that are excluded. <clears throat> when we do these big sales, we always exclude the current calendar year's projects to kind of protect the investment of people who bought it at full price. Um, so you can get any other project. It's only excluding three. Uh-huh. So there's like 45 other projects for 40% off if you use the code Bowtie. Bowtie. You know, I thought about it. You said that won't make any sense unless people see the picture of me dressed well, I guess a bow tie like a kid. There's bow ties in woodworking. That's so true. I don't think anyone's going to question it. You don't want to see the picture. We tried to do a photo shoot. It did not turn out well. I wanted to like, be dressed like a kid and it was a back to school sale. So I had, you know, suspenders and a belt. <laughs> it was a whole thing. And it looked creepy. It, it was looked weird. like skeevy I creepy. I think he needed to lose the hat. The hat, well, especially this hat that says number one dad. Yeah. <laughs> this is the only hat I have. <laughs> uh, also, <clears> the <throat> giveaway for the table that Mark made for the Powermatic 100 year anniversary is still open. So okay. if you head on over to the woodwhisperer.com slash giveaway, uh, you got really good odds because not many people have signed up for it. I guess when you're woodworkers, you're not necessarily looking. That's, that's the way I see I, it. I know. Woodworkers don't necessarily want a very specific piece of furniture yeah. with Powermatic's logo on it. Yeah. It's very cool. It's, it's down on the bottom. You could put some books it would, on it. it. No, it would go under the couch. Yeah, that's right. So I guess there's that. But And it's not any anti-Powermatic sort of sentiment. It's sim- Yeah, I know that the <laughs> clock is broken. The battery is dead. It's, you but know, it, if you have a bingo card, you know. 
<laughs> we should have a bingo card for what? things that happened during the show. Oh, no. Well, Somebody I knew, I knew that's cock. been that has been out since August 14th. Mark clears his throat. Yeah. <laughs> It's all good. Uh, any other announcements before we get started? Um, for those of you that did apply for a guild scholarship, I'm in my final stages of review. It was just crazy, crazy, crazy week, um, but I am finalizing. And if uh, you applied, thank you for applying, and you'll be hearing from me soon. Hopefully John says, uh, creepy in an awesome way. And uh, <laughs> Jim says, I seriously laughed at that pick. <laughs> it was just way creepier than I expected it to be, guys. Yeah. I, I really, I was going for goofy. Yep. I landed on creepy. Thank you, Bobby C, for uh, joining Bobby the, C. the YouTube members. Oh, cool. The bonus live show. Awesome. Thanks, Bobby. Let's get into some questions. Oh, I guess. Oh, you know what? Before I do, oh, yeah, I want to thank gift. the gentleman at DP Woodworks. Uh, his name, I wrote it down, is Dusko. That's awesome. D-U-S-K-O. What a unique name. Uh, but DP Woodworks, that's dp.woodworks on Instagram, uh, was kind enough to send me this very specifically made CA glue, like little container yeah, thing. Yeah, that's really cool. And I got to tell you, I have all the varieties of CA glue. I've got the activator. And all the time, I bring this stuff to my bench, and they wind up going all over mm -hmm. the place. I love this idea of just bringing this little caddy over to the bench. And, I think and, uh, he went up to you on the caddy you made. Yeah, he did. <laughs> He certainly did. Uh, but mine was meant to fit a bunch of different glues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also beer. Yeah, Nicole, that's true. You're not a, putting beer was, in this, okay? No, no, no. I love it. It even has this little trap door. It says instant bond caddy. Ava, this, or I, I just called you Ava again. I've done that. This is the second time I've done that on the show. <laughs> Nicole. Yes. My lovely wife. Yes. Not my daughter. Oh, this is where you hide your weed. Oh. In yeah. the back here. <laughs> anyway, Dusko, thank you so much, man. This is so cool. And I am happy to have it in the shop. And as you can see, he... Um, I guess that's a laser uh, thingy in there. It says the Wood Whisper on the top. So how cool is that? Sebastian Marchand says, Sebastian. I have a lot of homemade veneer to make for doors of my new kitchen, and I'm having a hard time finding walnut boards without knots or too much sapwood. Do you think that stabilizing the knots with epoxy will work? I probably won't do this for the most visible panels, but because um, it, it could be an eyesore, but I think that it could be a good option for the inside of the doors. Absolutely. I do this all the time. If I'm going to be maybe doing a book match or even if it's veneer, it's not a bad idea to pre-fill any knot, even if it goes all the way through. Pre-fill that sucker, get it full of epoxy, clean up the excess, and then start your resaw. And you'll find that as you do that, you're going to have a nice epoxy um, sort of uh, fill throughout it. So you're not worried about trying to fill uh, little skinny pieces of veneer. So 100%, I think that's a good idea. Cave Troll. Cave Troll. He says, here's a good question for you. At the beginning of this whole COVID-19 mess, you made a trebuchet. Yep. Have you thought about making an actual bow or two? I don't trust my son with the trebuchet. <laughs> I'm not ready to give that kid a legit weapon. We, we, uh, we picked up one from like Disneyland. Yeah. Remember that? With the little suction cups and on it? And he kept on shooting the dogs with it. Mm -hmm. So I kind of hit it. I think that would be a fun project. I would need to learn a lot about it. I mean, like anything else, that it's it's sort of one of those niche things that you got to find the right kind of wood that has the right you know tension properties. Um, I, I don't know anything about it, but it sounds pretty cool. I think it would be fun. Hey, uh, by the way, if you missed it, there was a new video that just released today. Forgot to mention that. And I just got an email from Red telling me that the title is wrong. It should be by, not but. <laughs> so here's what happened with that. It's by this, not that measuring and marking edition. Uh, and of course, when I typed it, I typed it wrong. 
early this morning rushing to get yeah. this thing out. Because he had and a dog it, appointment. Yeah, and I, so I spelled it, but this, not that. So the comments started to roll in, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to leave it. What do I care? Like, <laughs> see what happens. And now it has generated a lot of discussion around the misspelling. Just the title itself. Yeah, and I'm like... I'll change it later on tonight. I don't care. But we've yeah. also gotten a bunch of people who are just really trying to help us. Sure, like, like hey, I don't Red. think you realized uh, you misspelled that. I'm like, yeah, we did. And it's, we left it there on purpose. <laughs> it was not intentional, but no rush to fix. <laughs> the, yeah, leaving it there was intentional. Sean Lund, or Lund says, so the jointers that you have worked with from a six inch to an eight inch, Sean actually knows a lot about my history here. He's been paying yeah. attention. Did a helical head upgrade on the eight inch are now at a 12-inch helical head jointer. With the planer, I'm unaware of where you started, but from an article written in 2009, you mentioned moving from a 20-inch straight blade planer to a 15-inch helical planer. Uh, from your experience, are these the sizes that you could comfortably and confidently say are the most reasonable size to own for the woodworking you do? Uh, am I reasonable in thinking that an 8-inch helical head jointer and a 15-inch helical head planer is a reasonable size that I can expect to perform? So I went with the 12-inch jointer because I could. You know, we are extremely fortunate to have great sponsors, um, and we um, sometimes can do upgrades like that. And I've always wanted a wider jointer. I mean, look, the wider your jointer is, the wider the boards can be for your starting material. It just makes things so much easier. So I did allow that to come into the shop, even though it's even further away from mo what most of the people who watch this show actually have in their shops, which is unfortunate, but sometimes that's how it goes. So I love that 12 inch, but I think Sean's on the right track. I think the average person who's trying to do the kind of furniture that I do, uh, you're probably gonna be fine with an eight inch jointer. I do like the helical head upgrade. Uh, he's absolutely right. I had a big old 20 inch planer, um, sold it to Paul Marcel uh, back mm. in Arizona. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And the reason I did that was I did, I did wanna upgrade to a helical head, but I had thought at that time, how many times have I actually used the full capacity of this 20 inch planer? And I couldn't think of any times that I did. So I was like, you know what? Smaller footprint, just less to worry about. Let's just go with a 15 inch helical head. And I have had that ever since then. And it is never proven to me that I should have done something different. So I, I think people can certainly get away with less than those things, but I think I would call that a sweet spot for, um, for people. The only way I could refer to this because I'm talking about my own experience is people who want to do the kind of woodworking I do or build the kind of things that I build. Um, that's going to be a sweet spot, eight inch on the jointer, 15 inch on the planer. But of course, if you want to go bigger and you got the budget to go bigger, you're likely not to regret going bigger. Uh, Bobby C's wife is, Bobby C. is uh, sewing a dress right now and heard his name on the TV. She was like, what? Your husband's a star. <laughs> You're going to hear that like record scratch as she messes up a stitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's okay. what uh, <clears throat> ripping. Oh, the ripper. You fix it? Easy to fix? It's easy to fix. Is it easy to hide your mistakes like it can be in woodworking? Yeah. yeah. Do, do they say like the mark of a good seamstress is that he or she... Is there what... Is it a seamster? Seamstress. What's, what's a oh. male seamstress? Oh, yeah, maybe a seamstress. Is there a unisex term for uh, someone? A person who sews. <laughs> a dude what sews. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I can just rip out, you know, I mess up all the time on my quilts, and yeah. I just kind of rip it out and line it back up and Sweet. do what I need to do. Okay, nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Jeff Berry asks, when finishing veneer, do you just use regular finishes of your choice or are there special finishes specifically for veneer? Uh, not that I know of, Jeff. Anytime I finish veneer, it's just a thin layer of wood. 
Um, what you can sort of experience sometimes with veneer, especially if it's really thin or a commercial veneer or a piece of plywood with a commercial veneer, it's super, super thin, like 32nd, 42nd of an inch in thickness, sometimes thinner than that. So what you can end up having is this sort of telegraphing of the glue layer that's between there or even some of the substrate underneath it. Um, that may cause color issues. It's not necessarily going to affect the finish very much. So outside of that, and that usually comes into play when you're combining solid wood with of the same species with the plywood, you tend to have a little bit of a color difference there. Um, but for the most part, uh, I treat them the same when it comes to finishing. And all the finishes I use on uh, non-plywood, I also use on plywood. It's funny because you, it's a common question. What do you call a male seamstress? A tailor? <laughs> tailor. Because that uh, question is, what's the difference between a tailor right. and a seamstress? But they are, t it says right here, there are two different They're actually two different things. Two different occupations. We must know. It's very important. Know. What is a dude seamstress? <laughs> dude seamstress. Maybe it's dude seamstress. Uh, seamster. That's what I said, seamster. Mm. But that doesn't sound right. Yeah. Okay, Tommaso has a question. Tommaso. He says, talk about your design process. Specifically, do you look for things that make a good teaching experience, something that is a challenge for the sake of being a challenge, and something that has wider appeal to potential customers? All the above. I think when I choose projects, a lot of times there has to be some other starting motivation, one being someone asked for it, whether it's family or sometimes even a person online, uh, someone in our guild group, someone makes a suggestion, I'd love to see you make one of these, and I go, hmm, that sounds fun. Let me see if I can make that. So I do things because it's challenging. I do things because I think it would be fun. I do things because that's what people ask for. And of course I do things because uh, I would like to make stuff that people want to see me build. Um, so I, I, when you say appeal to customers, I assume you're talking about my customers who are people that consume the content, not actually people who take the furniture from me. Um, so yeah, lots of different things motivate me with, um, with the, the projects I build. Now you're saying my design process, that's, a, that's like the next level down. Um, the design process is kind of a whole different ballgame on how I actually say, okay, now that I want to build this thing, now I need to design it and include some of those more challenging aspects to it. Um, I mean, a lot of times the filter, the final filter is, do I want to do it? There are times where people ask for things I just don't want to do, and it doesn't make it into the show because I, or into that project because I don't feel like doing it. Well, there's like a hierarchy. Who is it that asked? How mm -hmm. much do you want to do it? Yeah. So like... If I asked you and it was something you really wanted to do, it get it gets bumped to the top. Um, the shutters. Yes. Now, she didn't ask me for shutters, but she kept complaining <laughs> about these damn windows. I kept sleeping in the basement. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, you know what? I have wanted to take on a shutter project at some point. I think I could do this. So I started to look at it. And the more I got into it, I was like, well, I've never done this before. This is starting to look like a bit of a challenge, but one that I can tackle. Um, so even though she didn't even ask for it, mm -hmm. I actually knew this is something that she would really appreciate. And especially not having, after having to pay for the, um, the drapes in the bedroom. Mm -hmm. And then our son has a huge window in his, um, in his bedroom where the light just pours in there. We're paying for a window covering there, and this stuff is expensive. Mm -hmm. So after that expense, being like, well, how about some nice wood shutters? Uh, we actually, maybe for the first time ever on a project, I think I saved this money. I think so, too. This, but it might be the first time, because it's never the case. <laughs> so Finally. There hey, you go. we just got a nice super chat from Joe O'Brien. And uh, no joke. he said, a small price to pay for all the brilliant entertainment provided. Oh, well, thanks, man. Thanks, Joe. That's so nice of Careful you. Careful with that brilliant word. Yeah. He, he, I think he's... In Europe. Okay. I mean, some <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, Fred also did a super chat here. Oh, Fred. Well, Fred 
Anto? Anto. Anto. No question. Just want to say love the show. Aw. Well, I just want to say I love you, Fred. In a very... Uh, <laughs> right said, Fred. Male-to-male platonic sort of way. I'm too sexy for your shirt. <laughs> yeah. Too sexy. Uh, Andy P. Andy P. Any thoughts on using melamine for a torsion box? I was trying to avoid applying laminate myself. I don't see anything wrong with it. No, I use melamine on my outfit table. Ah. You know, I'm becoming a a bigger fan of melamine over time. It's, you know, just a great material, impervious to liquids, drop stain, glue, anything. It just kind of pops right off. Um, If you have a nice, decent quality, flat piece of melamine, I see nothing wrong with making that your outside skin on a torsion box. I kind of, I kind of like the idea. Yeah. I got Dave question here. Dave Satanto. Hey, Mark, have you considered looking at yet another joining tool, the Lamello Zeta? Is it Zeta or Zeta? P2. All right, so if you guys are familiar with Lamello, that's the company that, did they invent the biscuit joiner? I think maybe they did. But I know they make the best biscuit joiner, so let's put it that way. But they also have other tools. They have another line of tools out there. And uh, Ava wants more time for Roblox. Yeah. Better give it to her. (laughs) So hopefully this will work. I'm going to put up a video here. This is uh, straight from their website because I didn't actually know what this one did. I know they do something different. So I did watch the video. It's interesting because it still is the classic biscuit joiner style, that sort of football-shaped connection. But look what this thing does. It makes a little hoopty in there. What? Right? So you just go loop and you slide that thing in with that little mechanical fastener that holds everything together. It's actually pretty slick. So it's more than just a biscuit. It's matching your shirt. Oh, look at that. I should own a Lamella now <laughs> to match, match my Ashley shirt. So I'm, I'm letting everybody watch this. Look at that thing go in there. Blah, blah, blah. So it goes in, and then at the end, it goes it blah, 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 like that. Oh, okay. See that? That's, that's pretty cool. And then you put those, those little hoochies in there, put a little glue, mm-hmm. pop the pieces together, and they go snap, snap, boom, shakalaka, your cabinet's done. That's pretty cool. It is kind of cool. Um, so I guess, hold on, screen recording, there. So I guess the question is, is that something I would consider? Um, I don't think so. Now, I haven't done a ton of research on this, so I have a little bit of pricing information. And also, you know, my prep for the show is like 15 minutes before dinner. So forgive me if I get something wrong here. Uh, Looking at this product, it is kind of cool. It looks very fast. But this is one of those things where it kills me for every domino connector that I use in a project, the whole little plastic thing. It's so expensive, and I look at the dollar signs as I put those pieces of wood together and think, my gosh, if I were running a business that built furniture, would this be practical as an option? So when I look at a tool like that, I go, well, how much do these things cost? So by comparison, let's look at uh, uh, what, what and they make them all different sizes, um, different types. I just found the first one I could find. It comes down to about $1.48 per joint with the one that I found if you use their little um, connectors that hook in like that. $1.48 $1.48 each. So think about a project. Maybe you're doing, I don't know if you're using this thing, maybe you're doing a set of kitchen cabinets. Um, that's going to multiply the cost pretty significantly compared to the, the cost of biscuits, right? Um, how much does a domino cost? Well, I did a search for that and I looked at just, again, dominoes range in price depending on the size. So I just went for like an average size one, 20 cents each for the domino. So I think if you're just Unless you have a very strategic reason, you're building lots of uh, sheet good cabinets and this thing is just what the doctor ordered, 
it's hard for me to say that I think that it's the better option. I think for most woodworkers, people who are watching this show, chances are the domino, which can do what that's doing, but I think it does it better, right? Because it's not just doing that shallow biscuit type slot. It's actually a tenon that goes deeper and you could control the depth as well. So, and I think that's the thing. You're not gonna be doing just cabinets. You're probably building furniture with solid wood where that thing just isn't gonna help you very much. So not knowing as much as I would like to know about the product, I'm gonna say, generally speaking, I would not have a need for that. It's just not something that would make my work be better. Um, I think if you are like me, you're probably better served with the Domino. Also to look at the cost, the Zeta P2 is $1,650. And the Domino, which everybody already complains about the price, is uh, $1,050, at least where I found it today. So it's not to say that it's bad, and I know Lamello is a great company that makes top-notch products. I think that price is probably warranted for the tech that's in that thing. Um, but I think for the average hobbyist woodworker, I can't see it being a justifiable tool. And I don't think they're trying to sell it to hobbyist woodworkers, honestly. You are a justifiable tool. That's what they call me. It's my <laughs> nickname in high school. Aaron Pena says, are you still selling the classy headphone controller rack? I couldn't find it on TWWstore.com. Uh, we ran out. Now that is There's something that we have considered. Limited, yeah, it was, it was a, a, limited. a limited run, but like if I accumulate enough small stock, we might do another batch. Mm -hmm. Definitely something, um, and we'll make an announcement about it if we do. Okay, Brad Quaid. I have two saw blades to clean, one fresh from the factory and the other from resharpening. Any suggestion on how to clean? Mineral spirits, denatured alcohol, simple green, soapy water. Thanks for the recommendations. So usually I will use mineral spirits. I'm sure you can get away with other things, but typically the schmutz that is on there is going to dissolve quickly in mineral spirits. Um, so I give that little mineral spirits wipe down, then I you know wipe it off with a, a, a dry rag, and then I typically am going to apply some kind of a wax to it, which most of the time plays well with a little mineral spirits residue that might be on there. So I get the wax on there and then I call it done. That's me, probably other options. And some of those options you mentioned possibly, I don't know that I get into the world of water-based things though, because why bother? And it just is gonna cause problems potentially. Okay, Dr. Benjamin Bodner Esquire, he says, I'm applying a semi-gloss water-based finish when sanding between coats, especially after the first coat, do I need to sand until I have a uniform sheen over the entire workpiece, or am I just sanding until I have a smooth surface? I've been sanding to a uniform sheen, and it seems like I'm sanding off a good chunk of the finish that I just applied. Well, you are, you are, Ben. I probably would not do that. I would just go, like you're saying, I would just go till the surface is smooth. There's a lot of times when I'll sand after that first coat, typically it's when it is its roughest, you can kind of do it without even looking. You sand it, does it feel good? You're done there. Sand that, does it feel good? You're done. Um, I don't care what it looks like at all because the sheen, especially after the first coat, probably isn't even that consistent to begin with. Some absorbs differently into this area than it does over here. Maybe it built a little bit more in this area so you have a little more sheen. It's not worth it to worry about sheen at that stage of the game. Um, so just sand it till it's smooth, then go with your second coat. 100% don't worry about it looking consistent. My last question, mm. Jeffrey Smith. Uh, no, it's not your last question. My last question here. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, now that you've been living with an epoxy floor in your shop for several months, do you recommend it? Seems like it would make dust control cleaning a bit easier. True. Any other reasons to recommend or not? So this actually isn't my first epoxy floor. I did it in the shop in Arizona and I kind of missed it when I got here. Um, it's by no means something that I think 
There are really incredibly justifiable expenses in the shop. I don't think an epoxy floor is one of them. I'm going to put that in a luxury category um, because I think you can get by without them and be perfectly fine. But the things I like about it, it looks good. Number two, it reflects light very nicely. Um, raw concrete or just cured concrete generally seems to eat light. So that gray color and that sort of matte finish to it, any light coming from the ceiling doesn't really reflect very well off the floor, but when you have a lighter color tan or even the grays, the reflect it's more of a reflective surface and you actually find that the shop feels a little bit brighter uh, when you have a floor like that. Uh, of course, number three, so easy to clean. So the other day, I was telling you about this, there was a yellow spot on the floor over by the front door. And I was like, the, the puppy wasn't even in there. <laughs> How is there a pee stain on the floor? And then I asked John, I'm like, hey man, do you know what this is? And he goes, oh yeah, I dropped a, a can of, of yellow dye. Um, thanks for cleaning that, by the way, John. So um, <laughs> so I just went out there with a wet uh, you know, water on a, a paper towel, wiped it up. You can't even tell that it was ever there. So cleans uh, very, very easily. Uh, let's see, what else? I like how it looks. Yeah, I mean, appearance. I just, like how, I just like how it looks. It looks really good. Yeah. Outside, I might be missing something. Uh, chat room, if you can think of some other Somebody's benefit. Somebody's epoxy. Yeah. But I, I just, ultimately, it's creature comfort things. I think the most practical stuff, though, is, is easy spill cleanup and then, of course, reflected light. I got a question here from JL Logan. One, when doing hardwood panels, when should you reinforce them? from the back with a batten. Mm -hmm. I don't know what I'm saying. Uh, I often see people route a groove and add a C-channel or wood enforcements on large solid wood panels. That's because they're bad woodworkers. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm starting to- Be uh, nice. I wanna take, look, I'm a YouTuber now, Get so I have to say things and <laughs> commit to things, Nicole. Oh, That's all boy. a joke, by the way. People tend to be, I think, a little overcautious. So let's talk about this. This is actually something I was gonna put in a, a video at some point, because I think the people who've been doing slab work and maybe big slab conference tables, big old, big old slabs, right? They're typically putting this metal C-channel into the underside to stabilize it, right? Because this is a cross section of a log. Right? So you have all the different changes up in, in grain. You could have issues with these things where they start to warp over time. And because people, that's been so popularized, people started to apply that to other large tabletops. But my, my issue with it is that if the wood is good quality wood that has been dried properly, milled properly, and then glued up and assembled properly, in most homes where we have conditioned spaces without giant swings in humidity and temperature, you are probably gonna be fine. Uh, every tabletop I have ever made, you'll be, you'll be fine. Now, of course, my career only goes back 18 years of actual woodworking. Yeah. Every tabletop that That's I have ever made. <laughs> You're going to get ready to go on 20. You see this gray hair, Nicole? Yeah, I do, I do, I live with I it I used to day. be the new guy, <laughs> yeah, not anymore. Not anymore. Still feel like the new guy, though. Um, every tabletop I have ever built has stayed mostly flat. Uh, it's not like they suddenly just went, oh, turned into a potato chip. So I think the problem is people were watching these big slabs, which is a justifiable concern that maybe this thing is gonna move excessively in the future and you're throwing this piece of metal C-channel in there. When you're doing glued up kiln dried stock or even air dried, as long as it's really good, well dried stock, 
you're putting these things together, they usually behave. So I don't think, I think the concern about the warping and the cupping is overblown. So if you're doing a laminated glue up for a panel and you're shoving C-channel in there, honestly, I think you're wasting your money. I don't think you need to do it. Now, there are cases where, I don't know, traditionally you make a blanket chest or something is a big, you know, usually not very thick, but it's a big panel, something that gets raised up and dropped down. It gets sat on all the time, right? You sit on it, put on some shoes or something like that. Uh, I was going to say Mr. Rogers style, but the words that came to my head initially were Kenny Rogers style. I don't know how Kenny Rogers puts his shoes on. Probably not like Mr. Rogers. Probably not. He probably has a person for that. Yeah. So if you're sitting on something, well, then maybe, yeah, you do want to batten some kind of cleat or something underneath it to support it. So what I'm going to say is you're probably not going to hurt the project by doing this. But just like breadboards, you don't need them on every panel, on every tabletop. Add breadboards only if you think it looks good. Uh, and don't worry about C-channel unless you have a reason to think that your top is going to turn into a potato chip. Got Boy, a, that was a long answer. A nice uh, soup chat from uh, Beagle. Beagle Wood. I <laughs> <laughs> apologize every time uh, I do that. I know. It's a little... You're going to freak Thanks. everybody out. Thanks, Scroll Beagle Wood. all the way to the bottom. The bottom? Okay. Eddie Woodworks. Uh, he said, I like this channel. I'm Eddie from Brazil. Hi, Eddie. Hey, Eddie. And then uh, you got Welcome steel, to the channel, buddy. You got Steel Wool, who... It's the morning. Steel Wood. Well, oh. Steel Again, Wool is a different thing. I probably should go get my glasses. Yeah, you should. Uh... He's in Australia. Oh, cool. Or she. Down under. Yeah. I uh, got a question here from John M. Guild project suggestion. Oh, boy. Craftsman style entry door. Select one. It's like, do I you, get like, the, I do get you like, do you like me? Yes or no? <laughs> kind of thing. Opening A, up no, no way. B, maybe. C, good idea. D, leave right now. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. The animated. He's not gonna do. He's not gonna do a door. The only way I would do a door is if someone else was doing it. <laughs> if someone had a need for a door and they yeah. specifically like, I don't have a need for a craftsman style door or any door. Um, I probably would not embark on a project like that. But if let's say the neighbor mm -hmm. goes, Hey, here's the specs. Here's how big I want it to be. Can you make it? Yeah. I might take on a job like that. I think that would be pretty cool. Let's do our thumbnail. Get out. <laughs> so get out. But I don't, I don't 100% know if, um, yeah, I mean, the thing is, I don't know if that would ever come along. So I can't promise anything, but I don't build things without a place to put those things. That actually sometimes has bitten us in the butt where we have like five coffee tables and only so many places to put a coffee I table. I realized I went like five years asking for a coffee yeah, table. With no coffee table. And then I had table. too many coffee tables. It was like yeah. nothing but coffee tables. Uh, Andre Fortin. Is there a significant quality difference between furniture grade birch plywood and Baltic birch plywood? Wood. Mm -hmm. I need three quarter ply for my next project and I'm having a hard time locating Baltic birch ply locally. Right now is not the time to buy Baltic birch. I have talked to many people. But he needs it. <laughs> well, the Baltic birch stuff, I don't know exactly what it is. Uh, John even went to Austin Hardwoods and they were quoting something like 200 bucks a sheet. It's really expensive right now. It may not be in your area, but for the most part, I've, I've heard from other people as well. Um, Russian birch, Baltic birch, basically the stuff with the many, many plies in it is really, really pricey right now. Mm -hmm. So is there a difference between something that might be sold as Baltic birch and a birch plywood? Absolutely. Um, you can get like a cabinet grade 
birch plywood, which has, you know, maybe a, one, one great veneer face and the other one is not so great, or both are beautiful. So it's like top rate, you know, rated stuff for cabinets. Um, but you're going to find, I don't know the exact number of cores, but the standard plywood has fewer. And then the Baltic birch or Russian birch is the one that has all of the layers in there. It tends to be more dense and especially now more expensive. So what, what is he making? I don't, he didn't say. Why do you need Baltic birch specifically? He was just wondering if he could do the other one instead of the Baltic birch, the the uh, grade birch. Well, okay. He's asking, is there a significant quality difference? Yeah. Well, it depends on which grade of, uh, of birch-faced plywood you purchase, right? So you're going to find that like any other plywood, you have different cores and different um, uh, grades uh, even within those cores, talking about the quality of the face, the voids, things like that. So... It depends on specifically which one you're talking about, but they are going to be very different products. Uh, let's see. There's a fried, is it Frigiri? Um, that's an uh, unpronounceable <laughs> name. What's it say? Do you have any resources for learning about different furniture styles for a noob? Green and green, craftsman. I don't. No, I mean, there are specific well, books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, and I'm sure you could do a Google search and find them. There are specific books on each so type of style, but this they're... This person doesn't know who we are. You have classes yeah, but, in the Wood Whisperer Guild talking about green and green. You even do green and green lessons. Okay, but hold on. Okay. I understand what he's asking for. Okay. He doesn't, want, he doesn't want lessons on specific things. When people ask this question, they want a book called furniture styles uh, and they want to go to the green and green chapter gotcha. and the craftsman chapter and or the, the queen anne chapter mission i don't know of a book that covers in detail or really any level jumping through all the different styles mm -hmm. what makes something mid-century modern what makes it green and green um you can find you books on those book. hey i'll know you will find those in books on individual topics right. on those specific styles but an overview Chat room, you guys got a better suggestion? I've never seen a book that really kind of compre a comprehensive guide to furniture styles. Yeah. Now to go in what Nicole was saying, in the guild, we offer various projects and various furniture styles, including, yes. you know, green and green. Do we have anything mission? Definitely have more. Uh, we have some mid-century modern. What, isn't the Morris chair mission? Kind of an arts and crafts. Arts and crafts. Family. Okay, arts and crafts. Yeah. It wouldn't, and there are some yeah. blurred lines oh, between those. Stop. <laughs> stop it. <laughs> it's been in the, that song has been on in the house all day long. All day long. Because Mateo goes, in, hey, a, hey. in PE, we, we were going, hey, 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 hey. hey, hey, hey. We're like, like, isn't that from that, that Robin Thicke song that's kind of like not a kid's song? Thankfully, no lyrics. It I think it's just the, like it was a just... kid's bop track that took the hey, hey, hey. <laughs> But it was a little confusing. Oh and then uh, we listened to the song all day. Yeah. Uh, Dave in, in the chat room. Oh, no, sorry, not Dave. Rich. <laughs> sorry, Rich. Uh -huh. He said, thanks for the guild discount. I just picked up the grandfather clock. Sweet. I don't see enough. I love that clock. Well, the grandfather clock is a tricky one because we partnered with Clockit. Yeah. And when you partner with a company on something as vital as the guts of the clock, you're really depending on them mm -hmm. to have the product that matches what you did in the video. Right. So over the years, it's been tricky to make sure They've everything... they us replacement yeah. stuff, right? I just, I can't stand when things aren't perfect and it drives me nuts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so real quick for those who may have just popped in, Wood Whisperer Guild, we have a very short time. If you use the code BOWTIE, 
at woodwhisperguild.com, you can get 40% off of a single project. Good for one use. There are three projects that are not included, but the rest of them are. And that's almost 50 projects there that you could use that coupon code on. Make a sculpted rocker. Sculpted rocker, Morris chair. Uh, so Philip Morley's uh, table mm -hmm. is in there, all kinds of stuff. Uh, bowl turning. Oh, yeah. Ashley Harwood, I'm wearing her shirt right now. There's two uh, turning series in there. Some of the best turning content you're ever going to find. Mm -hmm. All right. Did you, have a, did you have something? I have more. Um, let's see. I have one. I'll, I'll do this one from Vincent Esposito. Do you ever use combination finishes? For example, I'm using a combination of tried and true varnish oil and spar varnish that Chris Bexfort uses on cherry. It works great. I have in the past. Um, a lot of times I find that the products as is are usually sufficient for my needs. But especially when you get into the oil-based world, if you have a varnish that you really love and you want to doctor it up, uh, you can certainly add all kinds of different things. Polymerized oils, oil wax mixtures, um, it's like Maloof did that too. Mm -hmm. He combined poly with uh, linseed oil and tongue oil and mineral spirits, and you can have all kinds of fun with it. Um, honestly, I mean, there's probably a thousand different variations that will all produce a very similar finished product. But if you find something that you dig and you like Bexfort's um, recipe that he came up with, there's nothing wrong with that. Go for it. Got a question here from Wayne Buzzard. What's your thoughts on the combo planer jointer? I guess they are a European design, but I see more manufacturers building them. Mm -hmm. As long as you don't buy the cheapest stuff, I think it's okay. As long, also, as long as you don't mind switching between operations. Um, Philip Morley has one of those at his shop, and I sit back and I, I just tease him and laugh as he has to change back and forth <laughs> from planer to jointer. So, but he's a thousand times the woodworker I am, so it's okay. <laughs> Um, but you gotta yeah, make yourself feel better. I'm just doing it to boost my ego. That's all. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think they're great, but like any combination tool, it's a little bit cumbersome to go back and forth, uh, but they can be great tools. And I, again, I think as long as you avoid the bottom of the, the pile, um, if you look at the price and the price is cheaper than the combination, like let's say you find a, a cheap joiner and a cheap planer. What is that price? If the combo machine is that same price or less, do not buy it. Uh, because it's you to do that moving from one thing to another, you need good quality parts so that it keeps its settings. So that you don't switch from one thing to the other. Now it's out of calibration. So make sure you you have to put a little bit of money into it. Well, and okay. especially, well, I'm sorry. What? Uh, no, I thought you were done. Uh, especially if you look at the you know the European ones. Generally speaking, you're going to find some good quality stuff. Uh, I'm looking at your whiteboard over here. Oh boy. And there's way too many Johns and Moms on that list. Where's my stuff? John's workbench. Mom's dining table bench. Put Mom's end table. Nicole's John's quilt table. Well, did you never ask for a yeah, quilt I table? I did. I've been using that old desk as an alternative. I thought you. Were I don't remember me. this. I thought you were going to make me one. Well, you write it up there. Well, I write it. Cross on those gonna, out while you're at it. Put it on the top. I don't want to make John a workbench. <laughs> John can make his own workbench. Come on, John. Uh, Vincent had another question about the wall material behind you. I keep making fart sounds with this thing. With the what? Oh, this? T111? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wants to know um, what led you to choose that. Stop! <laughs> Sorry. For hanging your tools. Do you like it or do you have any regrets? Oh, I love it. Um, regrets? No regrets. <laughs> I put that up in Arizona. I don't remember where. Maybe it was a forum. Maybe it was a magazine article at some uh -huh. point. Someone used T111 and I'm like... I like the look of that stuff. I like the cut of your jib. 
And uh, I decided to put it up in every shop that I've had since then. Um, it's great because you can attach anything anywhere because this whole thing is anchored into the studs. It is right on top of the drywall, so it is not um, replacing the drywall. But I find it very handy and it gives me this entire wall of stuff that might otherwise have to be stored in drawers or some other you know, more complicated storage system, but it's all right behind me. And I did it everywhere else that I have a wall that needs stuff on it. Um, but I think it's, uh, it's a very good upgrade if, if it's in the cards for you. Uh, got a question here from <laughs> Stop it. Alex Hill. Hey Mark, planning, uh, planning or planning? Mm -hmm. A cherry dining table. Planning. And wanted to use hard wax oil finish. I've never used cherry, and I'm aware it can be a blotch monster. Do I need to worry about that with hard wax oils? Yes and no. Uh, they can also create blotch in blotch-prone woods. The real question is, are you really bothered by it? So I have a cherry table. Mm -hmm. Our kitchen table yep. is made of cherry, finished with a hard wax oil. Are there some blotchy parts? Sure. Yeah. Are there light spots and dark spots? Sure. Do Are I there care? Markers all over it. Well, not anymore. <laughs> there was. I refinished it. <laughs> uh, but do I care? No. It's cherry. It's uh, it's not something that really bothers me. Um, I don't find on mo I mean, there there might be exceptions. There might be cherry boards that blotch in a way that I find to be unattractive. Most of the time, though, with cherry, it's just part of the 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 sort of Mother Nature's variation that, that's brought to the wood, and I don't really have a problem with it. Now, if you put stain on cherry or you put stain on birch or maple, one of those woods, that's something that I really don't like the look of, right? But when we're talking about a clear finish, I don't really worry too much about blotch control on clear finishes because it just doesn't bother me enough. A nice little. You know, and I had a question queued up. But... Oh, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. I, I saw Giovanni's. He said, big hug from Italy. Oh, well, thanks for the hug, Giovanni. Mark's dad's from Sicily. That's right. No one cares. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I wish I could find that question I would, I would love that you went oh, past. Oh, sorry. It was down. Here what you go. Was it, what was it about? Touching my, uh, touching my laptop know. again. What was it about? I don't remember. That's why I kept it where it was. <laughs> what, was it, uh, have you ever used Mimwax polystain? Nope. Huh? So have you? <laughs> nope. No, he hasn't. Sorry, bless So you're talking husband. about um, poly shades? I, is, he said Minwax Polystain. I think he's probably talking about um, poly shades. Okay. It's a product that's basically polyurethane with a stain built in. Look, I think if you know what you're doing with it and you have tried it and you like the results, all the power to you. Most of the time, you're going to find the general consensus amongst woodworkers is that it's garbage. I don't know if that's true. I've never used it. Um, but I think if you apply it improperly, you could certainly have problems. Mm -hmm. Applied properly, I'm sure it's just fine. But... You know, you do have more potential for streakiness and weird things happening if you have your color in your top coat and you're just kind of brushing it on. I could see how it could turn into something potentially smeary, um, but I've never used it. Uh, turn up the... Turn up the lead? Yep. Well, is that a question? Because I got another question. How did it feel? How did it feel? Yeah. <laughs> uh, how did it feel uh, taking the leap when starting your woodworking career while still at your old job? Um... What was the biggest hurdle? Convincing himself. To yeah, it was. I, I was the biggest hurdle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I just didn't think that I had enough experience to be successful in woodworking. And you didn't. And I didn't. So that was totally true. Um, also, the fact that I had gone to school, um, science was a passion of mine, and it was something that I wanted to do with my life. But I started to get to a point where 
what I was doing because I wasn't in research was very unfulfilling to me. And it became a job, nothing more than a job. It was a paycheck. Um, but still, I went to school for it. You know, we, we, we actually made some sacrifices to make sure that I could get a good education. And the least I could do was work in that field when I was done. Um, and I always think of like what my mom would say in mm-hmm. a situation like that. She'd like, you're keeping that job is what you're doing. <laughs> you went to school for four years. You can't but, keep that job. But Nicole um, worked on me for a while and uh, convinced me that it was that I was miserable here. Yeah. This makes me he happy. He wasn't fun. He was not fun. And well, you know what? An hour and 10 minute yeah, commute. I get it. That's each why way. I, I... I was miserable when I came home, but yeah. I was always happy when I was in the shop. I think Nicole was just getting bored because I come home I and I'd, home. I I'd a... want to go in the shop and she worked from home. Yep wanted to go out and I'm like, I don't want to go out. I've been out all day. Like, let's go see a movie. Let's go do something. And she's like, like, I just want to go to the movies. Quit your job. <laughs> it's a lot like that. But she's she's way more adventurous than I am. So if it wasn't for her encouragement, I never would have I never would have done it. And if we had kids at the time, no matter how much you encouraged me, I don't think I would have done yeah, it. Yeah, probably. Because I would not have felt safe probably doing that. Probably not. Thank you, Robert Price, for the super chat. <laughs> oh thanks, man. <laughs> you could do a combination of the two. Pitch your pages, pitch your pages. Alrighty, I got um, Do I have any more questions? How, well, hold on. Yep. Worth effort as a question. Why isn't that popping up there? There it I is. How scratched are your glasses? Mine get foggy with so many scratches. Um, not too bad. No. I mean, I, I clean my glasses every day. I don't like them when they get too schmutzy. There's times where I go to Mateo and I look at his face and I can't see his eyeballs. <laughs> They're so... He I'm like, hey, buddy, can I clean <laughs> can I these clean for you? you? <laughs> I scrape off all the schmutz <laughs> off of there. Um, but yeah, mine aren't too bad. Oh, that's so funny. Uh, yeah, yeah. What else we got? Not much. We got, uh, we got an after show where we can... Denny uh, Williams is confused. He says it's live, but the clock says last week. Yeah. Reruns, the clock is broken. Yes. It, it needs a new battery. That's all. It is live. If it's not, that was uh, weird that I just started talking about your name. I look at his uh, little pup Steve. there. Oh. Yep. Steve Fuller above has a question, I think, about Matt's Shaker sideboard project. Oh, Steve Fuller. Working on Matt's Shaker sideboard guild project when cutting the mortises on the router, would you recommend a spiral upcut bit? I would recommend a spiral upcut bit. Probably always. Is it a through mortise? This, you know, Matt's the instructor of that course, right? Yeah. Every single course, every lesson, you can actually write in the comments and the instructor will will answer you. Sometimes they take a little longer than others, but uh, Matt does answer. Actually, Matt is the only other instructor who is accessible via the contact form, via the support form on the guild site. So you can actually ask Matt directly. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're talking about a through mortise. If it's a through mortise, sometimes you don't. Pardon me. Sometimes you don't necessarily want an upcut, you want a downcut so that the direction is promoting the cleanest line possible. But if you're just doing a standard mortise and it's a blind mortise, um, I want an upcut because I want to get all those chips out of there to reduce heat and reduce friction. And pretty much all I own anymore are upcut bits. Because guess what? A sharp spiral upcut bit is going to leave a darn nice surface no matter how you're using it and what you're using it for. It's only once they start to go really dull that it becomes a problem. I think that's going to do it for us today. Oh, I got one more question from Steve. Have you ever flattened your bench since you built it? No. Nope. I knew that would be an easy answer. And it is not flat, (laughs) and I don't care. You guys want to see Uh, something really cute? Sure. Take a look at this. 
Oh, you got the picture. What do you think of that? She says, hi, I'm cute. She's probably currently making my mom miserable. Chewing on her feet. She just woke up uh, from a nap and is probably raising hell. Uh, okay, we're good? Jonathan, Jonathan Turner says he's considering leaving his career as an airline pilot to woodwork. For now, it's a side job. Honestly, that's kind of what Mark did. He kind of built it up. I think that that helped, right? Yeah. Uh, It wasn't something that I just may have misrepresented how it happened. It wasn't something I just one day said, I'm done with this. We basically, my goal was to build up as much business on the side as possible that I just couldn't get it all done. Mm -hmm. So that it was like, okay, well, now I'm going to leave this job and I'll be able to finish all the other jobs that I have lined up on the woodworking side. And it wasn't until I had enough jobs lined up or the potential prospect of jobs to line up that we started to really go down that path. I would suggest, though, um, you maybe... if you, Honestly, it didn't change him on how he worked until he worked in a refinishing shop. Because when he started doing it full-time, he was still working as a hobbyist. Yeah. That was a, that was a mental shift, going from hobbyist... To okay, this is how my a job. pro works. Yes. Yeah, how to use an eight hour or more day yes. and actually get a bunch of stuff done. And that would be for any hobbyist considering turning it into a, a, a job. I'm going to very quickly answer these two because I know these guys have asked them a couple times. Steel wood wants to know hand cut or router cut dovetails. I say both. Both are great. Um, if I'm going to use a machine though, most of the time I'll use my bandsaw to do kind of a hybrid dovetail thing, but they're still very much um, hand cut to a degree because you can't do it all with the bandsaw. Uh, Keith says, what would you suggest as an alternative to Baltic Birch for shop cabinets projects right now? Well, if you go to a lumber supplier that sells plywood, you can ask them for either paint grade or shop grade plywood. That's what you should use. And it's usually going to be fairly priced and we'll get the job done. I may have... um, maybe made a mistake in my usage of, of so much Russian birch um, just because I like the stability of it. I just like the way it looks. Traditionally, you're only going to find Baltic birch and, and the, those many ply plywoods in like drawers. Um, you're not often going to find them for the casework. Um, so I'm, I used it because it was available. I like it. It's, just, it's something that I have a lot of faith in. But in the end, for shop furniture, shop grade stuff is really all you need. So that's that. All right. Well, thank you, everybody. We really appreciate you hanging out with us. I want to make sure you know, once again, woodwhisperergill.com, 40% off, very limited time. Uh, Get in there and get yourself a project. You heard us talk about the guild before. You wonder what it's all about. 40% off. It's pretty cool. There's all, and there's more There's more benefits than just the videos and the plans. Private Facebook group. Yep. We have yeah. a Discord server Discord. now. Discord, yep. Um, lots of great features, lots of great people that you can interact with there as well. So we hope you take advantage of that sale. Turnip said uh, how to transition from hobbyist to professional would make a great video, by the way. It's going to be a lot of like, don't be lazy. <laughs> like as a Mark's hobbyist. come up behind you and say, get the work. As a hobbyist, I go, eh, it's like 3.30. I only have a half hour left. What, I'm not going to get into something <laughs> because I got to stop in a half hour. When you do it as a, you know, for a living, you go... I got a half hour left. Oh my God, I've got so many things I could do in that half hour. It's a very different mindset. Yeah. All right. Well, you guys have a wonderful weekend. Uh, We're going to do an after show now uh, for folks who are at whatever level. Uh, It's a $2 level. $2 level? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So it's the the bottom level on 
uh, Patreon and uh, YouTube. So yeah. if you are a YouTube member, you can just go to the community tab and you'll see the link to the video right there. Mm-hmm. If you are a Patreon supporter, I usually put the Patreon post in the chat so you can easily get to the video from that. Okay. So there you go. Very nice. Guys, have a great weekend. Thank you for hanging out with us. We'll see you in two weeks. Yep. Adios. Bye.